Michael Perlet. I'm Asher Collins, and together we bring you Exercise Equals Life Podcast. Thank you for joining the Exercise Equals Life Podcast. Today we have on Dr. John Fuzio. He's a doctor of physical therapy here in New Jersey. Thank you for having me. Awesome to be here. PT is and what it can be. Absolutely. Just introduce yourself to the audience. Maybe say who you are. Uh, so my name is John Puzio. I'm a physical therapist. Um, I'm also the owner of Ethos PT. We'll chat a bit about kind of what I do and what that is, but uh, just opened up a clinic in December. Um, so relatively new to that and learned to be a business owner as well as just honing in my skills as a PT. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much where life is right now. I also do like some performance training, um, some manual tissue work for people as well here. So a little bit of everything too, which is cool. Nice. You seem to you seem to have a, a stronghold in the the fitness scene, um, and more so now cl- the the clinical side as well. Yeah. So I guess I'll give a little bit of my backstory. But what brought me into PT was sports and fitness. Like I've been working out since I was a kid. Um, kind of hit like eighth grade and started getting into weights. Like my dad was super into it and then just played sports growing up. Uh, was injured a whole bunch throughout high school and stuff. Like my athletic trainer was like my best friend. She was like a second mom getting me through life. Um, so then after like, you know, some more severe injuries and stuff like that, like ended up in the PT um, offices and was like pretty, pretty shocked at how cool of a blend it was between medicine but also just like fitness so i always enjoyed that aspect and uh then started doing some internships in it figured this is kind of what i wanted to do so went to uh college at Rutgers, got an exercise science degree and then went to Rutgers, but up in newark for pt school um and the goal was always to kind of be an entrepreneur and have a gym and a clinic like that was from day one like what i wanted and what the vision was so Like I said, I've always been super into working out. Like, I guess I was like uh, the friend in my friend group that got people into the gym and kind of they were like, all right, what are we doing today? And just like followed along with like what my program was and stuff like that. And then over the years, like honed in more and more on understanding what programming actually is and like what it can be in terms of, you know, breaking down macro cycles and micro cycles of are we going for hypertrophy here or is it a power and speed kind of program that we're building out for people and like as a pt that overlaps so much and like i think that's what puts me apart a little bit is like i hate to bash our my profession but like most pt clinics you get the bullshit straight leg raises and band work and like once you're out of pain they're like all right like go back to doing whatever you were doing And like, there's this disconnect between knowing how to connect the rehab side to performance. And that's like where I feel I kind of excel in what I enjoy too. Like a lot of people come in, they're hurt. And then once they're done, like they stick around and just train. And like, that's the most exciting part to me is like that transition period and like walking the line of like, how far can you push someone, but get them positive benefits and not bring them back. Yeah, no, there's so many benefits to resistance exercise. And the fact that you can incorporate it at such a, a high level, right, that performance level, and then just regress it for the needs of your clients is pretty cool. And it's missing in, in most clin- in most clinics. Uh, I think a lot of DPTs do forget about that. 
like you mentioned, you know, lying leg raises. I was fortunate not never to have to go to PT so far in my life, but from what I've heard and seen, that's that and therabams. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a huge a gap. Like, if someone comes in and says, "Hey, like I have pain doing a barbell back squat," like we should be barbell back squatting and figuring out why you're having pain and like figuring out how to progress back to that. Like, yeah, if someone's just doing basic exercises and never gets back to their end goal you missed out a huge component. So like, I guess I'll do my quick little spiel of what Ethos PT is too. Um, Let's hear it. When I opened it, I wanted it to be a gym feel. So like you come in and there's a rig with a squat rack and like there's turf, like it's performance based. Like you should be able to, whatever a client wants to do, I want to be able to have them demonstrate it and then progress it. And like, that's the fun part. And like the, the, long-term goal of the rehab rather than just let's get you full range of motion and no pain and see you later yeah it's it, it's a long-term that you just said that makes a difference i think all too common the, the, the modern models just based off of you know do we hit the check boxes for the day and you know then let's let's, let's release the patient back into the world even though they're probably not ready you know to not at their full capacity to be at that stage yeah and um i think a lot of that has to do with like the medical model too is just mm-hmm. like a lot of people go to an insurance uh clinic where like you're kind of under the scrutiny of an insurance company and what they allow you to do and like for how long so that's kind of sucks you know like if someone only gets like 10 visits and like they have an issue that might take 20 or 30 and it might be over a six month period not in four weeks like they're just out of luck at some point and the typical model is like, all right, like continue what we are doing and good luck. Whereas like, um, I don't, I'm out of network completely and pretty much cash pay. So it's like someone knows exactly what they're coming in for and I can do whatever I want. That Like the goal is to get them better and get them to achieve their goals, not an insurance company's goals. Cause that's, it's messed up. Like they're not yeah. getting the quality they need. No, it should be real view the quality over really anything else because you're treating an actual human and there's a lot you need to be worried about. It's not just a number on a paper, how most the medical practice is. You're, you're working individually with the client. You know how it's supposed to be done. Yeah, and that's honestly half the fun. Like being able to work one-on-one with people is like you just become friends with them. You know their whole life story. And sometimes it's amazing the little details you catch. Like say someone has, I don't know, like neck pain and you can't really figure it out for a little bit and you're having some difficulty and like you get to spend all that time with them and you learn what they do like day to day. And there may be just this one weird activity that's like, oh, that's the culprit. Like you were doing something that like I never would have known unless we really got to know the person as a whole and break everything down so like it's cool when you get to spend so much time and be like that patient's go-to source for everything yeah no it's amazing you're almost like a one-stop shop right then they'll maybe even come back to you once you you know deem they're they're qualified to be finished with physical therapy yeah uh, how much resistance strain yeah so like a cool example recently i have a kid um came with like knee pain and like he loves basketball, loves softball, like wanting to get back to those. And like within like four to six weeks was like back to a hundred percent, like 
Now it's getting him to 110%. So he continued to train and we started doing more like box jumps, hurdles, power and explosive work and like just legitimate training rather than rehab and like that transition and then continuing the plan of care is like, it's exciting and it's rewarding for them and for me. Yeah. No, it'd be cool how you make, if it could be rehab is training because that's what it should be. Yeah. They're the same exact thing, just on different ends of a continuum. And I think a lot of physical therapists forget that. And a lot of personal trainers may not know that too. Like what we do in physical therapy is just a uh, easier, safer, conservative version sometimes of like the same stuff we do in a gym. Yeah. I think most personal trainers, I mean, there's some, some bummy ones out there. <laughs> I, I worked in there's the, bummy PTs too. So I, I feel you on that. I worked at a gym last semester back in the fall. Gosh, what people were doing, I'm like, not safe or effective. And, you know, <laughs> it makes you cringe sometimes, but if I spend the time correcting them, I wouldn't have time to my own people. So, yeah. you know, you do whatever you like to do. Um, I'll tell you it's wrong, but that's for another discussion. <laughs> that's true. We talk about that one all day. Um, like, I go to my local YMCA, and sometimes I just like look around. I'm like, oh, <laughs> just cringing. I'm like, I'm just going to go about my day and leave people to their own little world. Yeah. This is probably the most, most funniest recent example. I trained at a, a gym in my town, ah, retro fitness. Cause mm-hmm. I'm cheap like that. Right. I don't spend much of my gym membership. What's well, the personal trainer there? And he has one of his clients sitting on the ground crisscross applesauce. God, does that term just came from, but sitting there like that and pulling one of the battle ropes in one hand, meanwhile, hunched or leaned over in one, one side, and just pulling the battle ropes towards himself that was attached to a sled with 50 pounds on it. I'm like, what's the, what's the approach with that? Are you training back? Yeah. Shoulders, like, or just sitting there and, you know, holding an isometric kind of core? I don't know. Complicated or is there a purpose? Like, <laughs> and sometimes like, most definitely not. Well, that's what we see though. And it's like, what the hell, man? You know, this is just nonsense. Yeah. And I think we can probably go into a whole different discussion about social media and how that affects exercise. Like you go on Instagram or YouTube and like people try to do the flashiest stuff and have the loudest voice out there. And like, is there any science behind it? Is there any like reason behind what you're doing? Or is it just like, it looks cool and like, it's tough or like it, it it drives me nuts. Some days, like you see these things and like, even clients come in and they're like, Hey, I saw this like online. Like, can we do this? And I'm like, why? Like, do you have a reason why you want to do it? Or do you want to just do it? Like, that's okay too. Sure. Why they want to. Yeah. And I'm like, if your goal is to, you know, like build hypertrophy of the lats, right? Like doing that crisscross applesauce battle rope pull is like not your most effective. Not at all. Like, by no means. But somebody sees that and they're like, Oh, like that looks sick. And it's like, okay like it's it's an interesting realm and like time we live in where there's so much access to so many things that it's like yeah everything gets watered down yeah no i think i'm pretty privileged over here so montclair state i'm also an instructor for an undergraduate course leadership and anaerobic exercise oh that's awesome yeah no so it breaks down all the movement patterns uh, along the lines of the pain-free performance special certification so um Really similar compare, really similar comparison, but 
sometimes students ask about an exercise, you know, where it looks complicated because they found it on social media. And I'll say, well, now from this class, you'll be able to explain biomechanically and physiologically why it may may, may or not make sense to do yeah. that. That's, you know, in terms like torque, moment arm, things like that, where it affects the joints. That's and it's definitely interesting, like having the background knowledge of it and like understanding just the, the simple physics of an exercise, yeah. whereas like the general population typically doesn't. And like, I do get that part too, is like, they're not meant, they're not meant to know it all. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. they do need that resource just to answer the simple questions and tell them like, Hey, like if you do a instead of B, you get this result. But if you do B instead of A, like it may have this benefit. And it's just like, there's a million different options out there. And it's just, what do you enjoy? And what's your end goal? And how do we match the two? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can scroll through my Instagram for anybody listening and see some pretty interesting exercises. But <laughs> um, I think I know how what I'm doing. <laughs> not not to be like, like cocky or anything, but A, I have the, the, the strength to do the muscular strength. I have the capacity. And I know if I hurt myself, I'm hurting myself. Yeah. Now, I yeah. wouldn't prescribe it for somebody. Believe me, if you're watching it, you can do it. But, you know, that's up to you at that point. I, I feel you on that. The creation of social media content is an interesting thing as well. Like, some educational videos, and then other times just trying to make it fun and give, like, new stuff. You know, like, people get bored of doing the same thing. So I do get both ends of it for sure. They do. I mean... How many times can you do a barbell deadlift? You have to mix it up, right? Throw a band in. Yeah. There's a great variation. Yeah. Elevate yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There's there's so much to tweak. Yeah. No, I just love the whole concept of resistance exercise and being able to apply it for the person in front of you, regressing it, regressing it, all the different variations. Yeah, it is awesome. And then the results you can get from it. Like, I always, I guess that's how I originally got into lifting was like, you know, as a middle school kid and high schooler, like it was for the aesthetic purpose. Like my dad was kind of like a big dude, bodybuilder looking guy. So like kind of grew up around that. And then like, you just want to be bigger, better, and like feel better as well. And then like, once you start playing sports, you realize like how much of an impact it has on that. And like, then as I got older, like learning just, you know, functional fitness, like, it doesn't have to be barbell bench press as heavy as you can. Like there's other ways to like become a more effective and fluid athlete at, or just day-to-day -day person without, you know, hurting yourself too. Yeah. No, I think there's something about that functional fitness. And again, that's a buzzword for most folks. It can mean a lot of different things, but I think we're using in the same terms over here, uh, you know, it relating back to human performance in life and, you know, having some sort of progression in the exercise that's unique. But yeah. I think there is like a metabolic component to it where, yes, you're not lifting a lot of weight. It's more for um, hypertrophy or endurance work, but there is that metabolic component where you feel gassed after a set of it. Oh, for you sure. Know? I love giving somebody like a Bulgarian split squat for the first time and like, just body weight and they're like what the hell just happened like what it, it kills them and it's like when you break down like someone may be able to leg press a lot of weight but once you add in like all the factors and variables that go into a dynamic functional movement like a split squat like it's a whole different animal and it is cool to like 
be able to apply it to someone and see the effects of it. Yeah. No, I mean, this, over this past weekend, uh, I was working out with, with um, the host of the podcast. Unfortunately, can't join us today. But we're doing um, heels elevated, barbell back squats with a forward uh, band, with, with forward band, so pulling on the behind the knee joint to get terminal yeah. knee extension at, you know, the end range of motion or at the top rather. And so you have that force pulling you forward while your heels are elevated and it's a barbell back squat. So, you know, opposing forces, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And, that'll cook, you know, cook the quads real good too. Yes. It's pretty sore the past two days. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think my, uh, my lack of sleep due to my thesis is took, took the pain off the quadriceps. Yeah. That just mass, mass the pain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's awesome being able to throw in the different like variables, like that heel elevated aspect is something I use a lot too for clients, right? Like if you want to focus on a more knee dominant movement pattern and isolate the quads a little more without, you know, doing like a seated knee extension, right? Like, do we consider that functional? Not really. I mean, will it build yeah. quad strength? Yeah, absolutely. But if you want to kind of combo that like quad isolation and knee strength, like a heel elevated squat is awesome. And it's like, it's fun to understand why those things work the way they do and then be able to apply it in given situations. And like, yeah. that's the fun part about like exercise and the blend of PT for me is just like, it's always a puzzle. And like, how do you put the pieces together in the best way? Yeah. So I'm guessing you really didn't develop this lasting until after PT school. Would that be fair to say or? Oh yeah, PT school sucks. You don't learn anything. <laughs> Where did you, <laughs> flat out. Where'd you attend PT school? So I went to Rutgers uh, up in Newark uh, for PT school. Yeah. It's it's tough. PT school prepares you for everything, right? Like you learn outpatient orthopedics, like general population, and then you have pediatrics, you have cardio, you have neuro. So it's like you need to know it all, but what I do in my day to day, like I didn't get any in-depth learning and like you don't feel like you have a fully developed skill set coming out of school. You're a generalist, so you can pass an exam and like be safe and not hurt people and like do the bare bones. And then like it's all about continuing your education on your own afterwards. Um, so for me, like I have my orthopedic clinical specialist and like that there's like different specializations throughout the PT field. Like you could do pelvic, uh, pelvic health, you could do pediatrics, neuro, geriatrics, like there's different options. So um, the orthopedic one was kind of the most similar to me. So at some point, maybe there's a sports uh, specialization too I may dabble in, but just putting the time and effort with the business now is a little tough. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's a lot of post-graduation education as a PT that like, gets you to hone in that skill set and uh, make it a little more applicable to whatever population you're with. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and just continuing off of that, John and I know each other from the PPSC, uh, Dr. John Rosen's course, who was in New Jersey last year when we first met. Yeah, feels a long yeah, time so ago. For example, where he does do continuing education. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that was a fun one. That was like a whole different vibe for me. It was more... Be, uh, built towards personal training and performance training and stuff like that. And I think maybe there was one other PT there as well. And like, it was, being, it was a, 
yes. Uh, I, so follow me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was cool. Like to be able to see more so the like boots on the ground view of like working in the gym setting with people and how to, you know, almost do what we do in PT of how to like navigate choosing the right exercises to avoid pain and like mobilize correctly activate musculature and the proper systems and then get into performing. And like, that was a great course. And like, it was a beautiful blend of the two worlds. Yeah. Um, not sure if you, if you, if you have been back to PPSC, but I believe last year they had a training course. So it was like their second level of it, so to speak. Okay. Level. Gotcha. Um, not sure if you're still offering it and then what cities it in, but that was a great one. And it really hit along all the different types of progressions that you could do to an exercise. I think a lot of it, we've just spoken about different bands um, um, using eccentric components, but a lot of that alternative modalities. Yeah. And I think once you understand the underlying principles, that's really what it is. Like you can come up with so many different things, but it's the why and learning that. And like, it definitely does a good job of teaching that. And I'm, um, I definitely got to dabble in maybe taking the next level and then yeah. looking into a couple continuing education courses coming up over the summer and stuff too. Any specific ones for the summer? Um, there's a, it's called like ice and it has a bunch of PT courses more so based for like the CrossFit athlete or like more higher level population. Um, they have a couple different options. So I got to look into that. And maybe a couple more like manual treatment courses, like some thrust manipulations for like the cervical spine and low back and stuff like that to kind of refresh and learn some new uh, skills on that end too. Nice. Um, could you just uh, mention what thrust is? And oh yeah, yeah. So and if any listeners uh, are either. So a thrust manipulation is like a quick movement of the joints to try to elicit change in that area. So like what most people think of is like a chiropractor, right? Like you have your quick movement of the neck and you get those capitation, uh, cavitations, those cracks that we like all go for. So something like that is like a thrust manipulation or like when someone gives you a bear hug and squeezes you and you crack your upper back, like that's okay. this simplest form. And then like we do it with the intent of either improving range of motion or trying to decrease, you know, maybe a muscle spasm that's pulling a joint into a certain area and keeping it tight and painful. So there's a ton of different ways you can use it. Um, and it's all just with the intent of adding options to the toolbox to get someone out of pain and functioning properly. So that's like, I guess a big part of physical therapy as well is you can have different approaches to how to fix, you know, say low back pain, right? Like, do you want to go with the more manual approach and like try to make a difference in the tissues around the spine? And like, is that your culprit or is it a movement-based approach? Like, are they not stabilizing the core? And when they're going through a hip hinge or a squat pattern, is that what's causing like pain? So it's, it's very interesting breaking it all down and like finding the root cause rather than just, you know, if someone has back pain, you can rub their back and they feel good, but is that the cause? Like, and are you yeah. solving anything? So 
there's a lot to it. And um, I guess wrapping back to what we said, you know, continuing education, always adding more to your knowledge base and having more options is huge. And like giving patients different things, like you may not always be right. Sometimes it's a little guest check and revise, like as much as you hate to admit it, like I don't have all the answers. And sometimes like I'm going through a working hypothesis, which is like part of the, the process. Yeah, that's definitely it. I mean, you can definitely see that that level you have to work through to get to, to the outcome, right? So try one thing, maybe it doesn't hit it properly, give it a second go around. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, like my evaluations sometimes are like an hour and a half and like sometimes I get pissed off and I'm just like, I am not figuring it out as quickly as I want to, but that's okay because you're ruling out a bunch of other things. Like if I'm just blindly throwing darts at the wall, like maybe I get it right, maybe I don't, but if there's a process behind it and a rationale, like that's the important factor. Yeah. Well, I think going back to that initial evaluation, that's what really makes you know a good PT problem. I would think from an outsider's perspective, is how not, not so much how quickly within that first session you can do it, but more so the process you take, and then do you rule out other options? I think that's important because it does show your vast skill set if you run through many options that are yeah. unique to the individual. Um, so I think a couple things on that end, which like. So the one-on-one -on -one aspect for me is the biggest key, right? Like being able to sit down with someone, like when they first come in, it's like 20 minutes of just talking, like getting to know like what their issue is, where it comes from, when it happens, like what their life was like prior to it, you know, what their goals are down the road. So like you get this holistic view of them. And then if it's back pain, you know, like you're, you can't get tunnel vision completely for like, Actually, let's go with the knee. Like the knee is a very cool example of a lot of the times your issue is stemming from maybe the hips or the ankle too. Like we, our body works in a chain, like that kinetic chain has to function properly. And maybe if your hips aren't able to open up while you're doing a squat and glutes aren't working, you're putting more strain on the knee. And like, there's so much to it, but it's breaking it all down, making sure you're not missing anything. And then also education for the patient. Like, my biggest goal is by the time I'm done with that first session, like they should know exactly what's going on in layman terms. Like as I'm going, I'm like, Hey, if you got questions, spit them out. Like, I want you to know why I'm doing it because I should know why I'm doing it too. Right? Like if I'm just going through the motions, they may not know it, but like they should feel confident that like, okay, we did this and that means this and either it was good or bad. And then like, by the end, then they understand what the plan is. So say like to that example, you have knee pain because you have like collapse of the knees during a squat, right? And it's putting excessive strain somewhere. Like we need to rebuild your movement pattern. We need to build up your glutes and maybe your hip rotators and like all those little components. Like if they understand the big picture, then it's much easier to be like, hey, this is going to take, you know, two months for you to be able to go back to a barbell back squat with load like pain free rather than like if I just rub your knee, it's magically going to feel better. Like, so it's, it's framing it and like teaching too. No, it's, it's important to get the client involved, especially in, in your practice. I mean, who knows the health better than themselves? If you move them in one way or ask them to move one certain way, it doesn't feel right. 
and they don't comment on it, well, you don't know. You're only going to. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate that you do get them involved to that extent. And it adds to the conversation, right? If they're talking, they may say something like, oh, that's that's a light bulb moment, right? Because 20 minutes really isn't a lot to talk to somebody. I mean, even if you talk to them for an hour, it's still a small chunk of their their life. Um, you can find out a lot, but maybe it's not enough. So yeah. I applaud you for even taking that 20 minutes to do so. Of course, I think it's a huge part of it. And I mean, same thing for training, like, you know, learning more and discussing things throughout like a training session with someone is vital, like kind of what we were talking about before, right? If their goal is maybe say hypertrophy and like you're trying to build the lats, but they're doing an exercise like a bent over row and like they don't feel their lats working, like you don't know that necessarily, but like until they verbalize it, then you're like, oh, okay, like, let's fix it. And then like, same thing, like, it's all on that continuum. But communication is so vital to everything you do. Yeah, communication is key. And I don't know how that's really taught in the DPT program, but I don't think it's really taught anywhere. And unless you weren't in not in an environment to facilitate communication, you're still out of luck. Because yeah. those people have very poor communication skills. Forget about it, you know, over the over the computer, but in person, you know, they're always looking down and like, you know, you have to look up when you speak. <laughs> Let's start yeah. there. Yeah, it's simple things. Um, yeah, eye contact. I, I definitely agree. Communication is like, I would rather one day hire a PT that can talk and get to know the patient well and build trust and like a relationship than the smartest person in the room but has no social skills. Like, it's just, I think that's the most important part almost. Like, you can learn and you can get better at understanding, you know, biomechanics and anatomy and stuff like that and movements. But if you can't interact and communicate properly with people, like, it's hard to learn. I mean, there's definitely like, practice makes perfect in that end. I think being, getting reps is is the biggest thing just being comfortable in front of people and like being able to communicate and grow that skill set. Yeah. No, customer service is a huge part of what, you know, we ultimately do. Um, you very importantly with having your own business. It's, it's what you have to provide. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> it's a new career in that end. Just, uh, yeah. building networking connections, building relationship referral sources, like marketing sales, like, it's a whole different animal, but it's fun. It's been um, a new experience and a new venture in that end as well. Yeah. I mean, using the, the company logo you have for Ethos PT, how did you come up with that design? It's pretty, pretty um, interesting. You have like the so, gladiator. Offer. Yeah. So I guess for those that are listening, I'll explain it real quick. Um, it's a Spartan helmet and then it has one of the like golden wreaths kind of around it. So I'm like a greek and roman mythology nerd like i used to love all that especially growing up and um ethos to me well i guess i'll give you what it means to me and like the definition comes from like you know aristotle like ethos pathos logos like ethos was more so the ethics morality aspect of building connection and trust with someone so to me that fit perfectly with like one-on-one pt right like that is my leading principle is like you should 
be able to build a relationship with the patient and it should be a true back and forth and like I'm looking out for them and the best for them. So that just kind of fit. And then, like I said, Spartan logo, just kind of cool. I <laughs> like really there, there was a game called like Rome Total War. I used to play a ton as a kid and like even the past few years and uh, just love that the movie 300, all that kind of stuff. So the name and the Greek kind of whole thing together mixed out pretty well. And surprisingly, people like it a lot. I, I get a lot of compliments. And I'm just like, this was me just doing the things I enjoyed. <laughs> hey, that's what it's all about, right? I think that's one of the best times, the best things are to create when it's just what you enjoy. Because you can't replace pure joy or pure happiness. Yeah, it's for sure. Things, but pure joy is, is what the goal is. Yeah. Um, it was funny. It was one of those, like, I was, it was during COVID, basically. So I was, uh, laid off from my current PT job at the time and uh, always knew I wanted to open the business. And I was just like, I have the time and like, I could just start treating, you know, friends and other people training them at like the park and stuff like that. Um, so I was just like half asleep and like the idea popped in my head and one of those just got up, like wrote it down on a notepad. And then like within the next week, opened it up with that name and like start getting the ball rolling. That's amazing. It's such so amazing to see how it just happens all, all in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I couldn't tell you what sparked the idea, but it just pops in your head sometimes. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned during COVID because honestly, it wasn't even that long ago. But it, it does feel like an eternity because, you know, we haven't been held to those regulations during COVID times. But if, if nothing really happened to yourself during COVID or, you know, close family members or pretty much you were good, so to speak, health-wise, then yeah, it would yeah. be a great time to, like, not necessarily to reinvent, but just to start something, start something new with so yeah. much downtime. I feel like I've heard a lot of stories of, you know, people got, you know, you work and you grind and sometimes you just have your head down and don't really, like, see the possibilities. And that was, like, a time for a lot of people just, like, you know, hitting the reset button, like, how often do you get to just sit at home for a couple of weeks and like contemplate life almost? Um, yeah. So as That's terrible cool. as well, it was and everything in a very different time, like there was definitely some positives for people. Um, but I think in terms of exercise and kind of like our world, like for people, it was probably one of the br most like brutal times, like that six months to a year after had so many patients that just like, you know, I was in a good exercise routine and COVID happened and I stopped going to the gym and like you kind of deteriorate faster than you think, you know, you go a couple months without doing your normal movements and exercises. And like, then you try to get back to it at the same rate and like your body's not ready for it. And not like, that all. was definitely an interesting experience too. Just noticing how frequent that was. Yeah. What was the greatest thing that you saw, like, you know, coming out of that COVID transition within your clients? Greatest thing? Yeah, like a, spe a specific injury or um, or just, if anything. Um, so I think, like I said, it was just overuse injuries, especially like running. You know, like a lot of people weren't used to maybe exercising like outside and like on their own. We're used to like that commercial gym feel or stuff like that. 
So you just had so many people that are like, hey, like I just bought, you know, a bunch of kettlebells or I started running like 10 miles every week. And it's like the intent is so good in what they want to do. But the knowledge of like there's a fine line between doing positive work and doing way too much and beating yourself up is like just knowing how to navigate that. Yeah, 10 miles is probably too much for any beginner who's <laughs> yeah. never yeah. ran before until today. So those are just like, wow, good for you. Like, I don't know where you got that motivation from, but I respect it. Yeah. No, thinking back, it's like I actually did start going on runs too during COVID for no good reason. I hate running, but like yeah. did it so. <laughs> it's just there was nothing else to do. So you're like, all right, let me get going. Um, <laughs> yeah, it almost I became did, like, what was that? Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to change. No, you continue. You continue. It's totally fine. Uh, I trained a lot of people at like fields as well, which was like very interesting. You know, like it's fun to work out at like a football field or a track or something and like definitely don't do it often enough. But during that time, that was like the one space that was like public and open and you could. So that was pretty cool. And especially like learning to, you know, work in like sprints and different things like on the field and how to incorporate it into their workouts and like mid ball throws. Like it was fun. Like, it's yeah. something I miss because I was doing it so often. And now like, you know, I'm in the office or in my like normal gym that I go to. And like those options aren't there as much. Yeah. And the sprints are way different than running. Yeah. <laughs> Those listening. <laughs> you can get some good sprints and nothing sure. against that. Always, always looking to develop some power. Yeah. Sprinting definitely an underutilized thing for most people. Yeah. Um, what what does the future look like for you in, in the business right now, where, where, where you stand? So first step is just building a little more of a consistent client flow. Um, so like I said, everything's one-on-one, -on -one, typically an hour to an hour and a half. I'm probably sitting at like 15 to 20 people a week, which is pretty good. So just trying to get that to like the 25, 30 mark maybe. And uh, then it's making the next step into hiring potentially another clinician in here or a trainer or like a massage therapist, like utilizing more of the space and offering additional services. And then over time, slowly adding in, you know, administrative staff and a more thorough kind of systems and processes to have in place and expanding the business itself. Understandable. How large is your current space? Uh, 1100 square feet. Um, yeah, it's a pretty decent size. Uh, like you come in the right side is like 25 feet of turf by like seven feet wide, something like that. And then a little, um, squat rack, pull up bar, trap bar, like bumper plates, like all that, uh, just like anything I need, I've pretty much tried to get, um, some like a cable column, kind of a portable attachment. And then my other half is, you know, my treatment area. So I have the table um, and everything I need over there. And then I just picked up a Gladiator air compression system. Um, so kind of like Normatec is the more popular brand, but yeah. just started implementing that for patients too, which has been super cool. Nice. I guess that's something more you would say is like a, a modern, modern modality, for lack of a better term. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah a nice modality for recovery and uh, 
yeah, I, I feel like most people when they think of PT is like heat and stim, ice and stim, and like go sit in the corner for half an hour with it on. So definitely, like you said, a more modern modality is a good word for it. Yeah. I mean, just speaking to stim for a minute, that's that's crazy. It's <laughs> how many places I've worked that they do it just to do it. It's like there's no rationale and it's like when you really break down like why are you doing it it's just like ah that's just uh that's how we end the session and it's like that's not a good reason (laughs) they're just sitting you know with pads attached to their ass like 10 15 minutes and it feels (laughs) good probably yeah it feels nice for 10 minutes and then like it doesn't fix anything and it's just like all right like it's because you have multiple people coming in the same hour like that's your issue not uh using it as a proper modality for recovery and helping the patient out yeah so 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 even here with my limited experience as a pt aide um did it for a semester mm-hmm. wasn't my scene by no means i actually got yelled at a bunch of times by the by the clinic director can't imagine why but <laughs> um but that was hilarious every time at the end they would end with stim yes i was able to apply the pads but i could never turn on the device and I'm like, yeah. well, what's the difference if you're turning it on to a certain, you know, output or I'm turning it on and you just tell me it like, you know, there's such a fine line. I think it's really interesting how it's so regulated, but yeah, uh, like this is, uh, this is insanity. I get to do dirty work right you now, attach some pads to an old lady's ass, but <laughs> <laughs> like, can't turn the damn thing on. The days of being a PTA in the mill clinic, like I remember those too. Not fun. Oh. It was just like, you're running around in circles, cleaning stuff and like, making sure people do their banded exercise as well. And like, it sucks that people that go to like those kind of PT places think that's what it is. And it's like, sometimes I have to have a conversation with like a prospective client of being like, Hey, whatever you did, like scrap it from your brain. Like that's not what you're doing here. Um, but I mean, that's anything, right? Like how we talked about like trainers before, like you get some trainers that are like, you know, a high school kid with a fresh, like, certificate that's just going to, like, try to get them to be sore and beat them up. And then you have, like, someone who knows all the biomechanics and science behind it and has a rationale and, like, a purpose behind, you know, your whole year program. Not just, like, show up this workout and here's what we're going to do haphazardly. So that's it. It's finding good and finding, like, quality services. That's what it comes down to. Correct. Having some sort of planned approach to what you're doing yeah, from, sure. from the producer end, yeah. Um, going back to the business for a second, mm-hmm. what have you found most most shocking about it? So, yeah, business is a different animal in its own regard. Um, I think one of the toughest things is... I'll go with two things. The first being, you know, you wish people would just walk through the door. Like, I wish I could just have 30 to 40 people come in every week. And it's like, they don't know who you are and where you are or why they need you. So it's, how do you put yourself in front of the right people to get them to utilize you? And like, it's a marketing component and a networking component where like, I guess my main approach so far has been like going to gyms and giving workshops and teaching and kind of getting in front of the people that could benefit from me most and showing value um but then there's also you know the digital marketing space like 
Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Google ads and stuff like that. I'm like, can you portray the right message to someone via a quick ad and get them to, you know, recognize what you do and who you are? So like, that's been a huge obstacle, but also like, I don't know, learning experience is kind of trial and error. So like, um, and then also sales. So like most clinicians don't do the sales part. Like if you're an in-network PT, you just show up and treat people. But like having to explain to someone like, hey, like this is a different service. Like you're paying for time and quality and education here rather than just using your insurance benefits. So it's explaining value, guiding them along what their process is going to be and having them be able to commit to, you know, paying potentially up to a thousand dollars for a package of sessions and seeing why that's important for them and like how it can benefit them. So that's another whole skill set that like as a business owner have have had to learn too. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a lot. Definitely not what your typical PT is, is thinking about. Yeah. That's, I'm like, I left the PT field and I'm just in a, in a new world. Businessman now. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's, it's cool being your own boss too, except when you're lazy and you're like, all right, like get back to work and be productive. <laughs> Otherwise the bills don't get paid. Yeah. A few less personal workout sessions, like you guess. Yeah. Um, that's been a tough one. Like I have all the equipment 10 feet away from me. But <laughs> making a program and doing workouts consistently has been a challenge and uh, got to get back into that a little more. Um, been playing some basketball more than anything recently. So nice. that's been fun too. Yeah. A little cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Any other sports you like besides basketball or? Uh, so football is my, my bread and butter. Like that's my love. Um, basketball, I enjoy a lot. More so playing rather than watching, but been into the playoffs a little bit more recently. And then uh, baseball and hockey, I don't really play, but watch. Um, yeah, I mean, you give me a sport, I'll enjoy it. There's, there's nothing I, I don't like. Uh, played a little bit of lacrosse in high school, too, which was pretty cool. But after cool. that, I haven't really dabbled in it again. Is there anything else you, mean, you really like to leave the audience with? You know, we kind of hit on a lot of different topics, you know, who you are, what your brand is, who you serve, but what would you like to leave the audience with? Um, I guess my biggest recommendation to people is just like movements medicine, whether it's doesn't have to be the rehab side of it, but it's like learn that you have one body and how to maximize it and optimize it, whether it's you know, through exercise, through nutrition, through sleep, through like meditation, whatever it is, like find your outlet or your source of what makes you feel good. Um, obviously, I think we're both a little biased that exercise is like key and like a huge part. But for some people, it might be more so yoga rather than resistance training and something like that. Right. So it's there's so much out there. And if you're able to understand the whys of things and come up with like a plan or a program or have somebody help you do that or teach you that's the key it's it's tough to know everything and like none of us do so being open to learning from other people and getting a little bit of guidance and quality guidance 
is like super important to your long-term health and uh, just like happiness too. Amazing. Well, where can you, where can the audience find you at? What are your, um, your best, best method of contact? Sure. Um, so I guess the most active is probably Instagram. I put out a ton of content, um, is at pt.ethos, uh, Facebook. I pretty much just repost everything on there. I'm just not as active. Um, so ethos PT, and then just started up a YouTube channel not too long ago too. So that's nice. Has a little more of a breakdown based on like playlists of different body parts and stuff like that. Uh, same thing ethos PT, if you type it in pops up. And then the website is ethos-physio. Um, and then I'm over in Hackensack. So if someone is close and needs some help or guidance, always happy to help. Or even, you know, digitally, like if someone needs training or PT services that live somewhere else, all works, all the same thing. So. All right, well, John, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. I really enjoyed it.